Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the final last week in mortgage today of 2021. And uh, as always, pleased to be joined by one of our lender members from the All Star list uh, to come in the co host chair uh, this week back in that spot, the president of Go Mortgage, Chad Jampedro. Chad, how's it going, bud? Uh, it's great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, before we get into it, a lot of news to cover. Uh, I want to get into a little bit of next year and your outlook on the year ahead of us. But uh, how did the year end up for you guys? Listen, it was a great year. Um, you know, we're coming off the two best origination years in the history of mortgages, right? So, you know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to find a time when you know production, you know, really stayed as consistent as it has at those levels. So certainly pleased, but I'll tell you that our team certainly can use a, you know, a little rest right now. This week is a good little catch your breath uh, week and an opportunity to plan for the future a bit. Uh, And we anticipate as most uh, will anticipate a year that is going to be different than the past two years. You're really a a focus on purchase. You know, we're not going to see as much refinance overall, just volume being being down. But you know, when you think about it, we were, you know, we were seeing that years, you know, we're seeing growth years prior to 2020 into 2021. Hopefully we can get back to that. And um, certainly we'll look fondly over the last two years for sure. Yeah, a year ago, coming into the year that's about to come to a close, so many more unknowns, really. I mean, we were still in the throes of a mad crush of volume. <clears throat> and it, there was really a lot of unknowns. Uh, you know, most of the projections for the industry in terms of total originations were in the high twos of trillions. We're going to end up at almost four. So a far busier year than anyone anticipated that uh, had some crazy cycles to it. Uh, but sure. if we the next year, you know, it's all but certain that we're going into you know, a down climate just simply because of the amount of additional people that refinance this year and some of the prevailing headwinds to the purchase market. Right. Right. Uh, You know, you know, the refinance fatigue is, is real. I, you know, you have periods of extended periods of time with low rates, historically low rates, and it seemed like they continued to get lower and lower. And think about it. We had a captive audience in a lot of ways. So, you know, Mortgage originators should look to the media outlets and thank them a great deal because I'm talking about that every time, you know, it's historically low mortgage rates, historically low mortgage rates. That's driving folks to websites, into your offices to talk about that opportunity, existing homeowners. At the same time, I think it drives purchase volume to say if I was thinking about purchasing and rates are as low as they've been um, and they're historically low, now is a great time. So, you know, that captive audience piece, I think, will was also an element of that, you know, coming into 2021, folks are still working from home, you know, a bit more time, let's say on social, a little bit more time in front of the TV. And I think that that certainly, uh, you know, has helped us, uh, you know, from a volume perspective. Absolutely. And still a lot of unknowns as we head into next year, to be certain, but uh, just talking to yourself and the other great leaders in our network, they're, yeah, really preparing their companies for a different type of cycle. And, uh, you know, battening up the hatches and, uh, you know, for ways to operate more efficiently and just from a technology and platform standpoint, uh, looking to put their company, you know, on the path to what lies ahead and uh, and probably a little 
bit of downtime, relative speaking, relatively speaking, in the last year and a half, it's been so crazy to do that this winter. So sure. we'll see what happens. So <clears throat> let's get into the news and let's start since we were kind of towing around there with projections. Uh, 2020, a record year for the industry, you know, over four trillion in total originations, depending on which number you look at, MBA's number 4.1. <clears throat> MBA now projecting this year, the year we're about to finish up, will come in at 3.93 trillion in total origination. So just off about 4% from that crazy year we had last year. Um, and then uh, looking forward uh, into uh, 2022, projecting 2.6 trillion, more of the historical yeah. normal cycle levels where they anticipate total originations will sit if you look into 23 and 24 does that marry up with how you guys are looking at things at go mortgage it does you know we're we're anticipating certainly a, a slowdown on the refinance side we kind of covered that a little bit with the refinance fatigue um and then as you look at, at housing uh and you know appreciation um you know these are at all-time highs as well that means demand is there on the purchase side and you know the expectation is certainly growth on the on the purchase transaction side as you know as we go into you know 2022, but certainly not enough to cover that difference in refinance. I mean, we're talking about intoxicating levels of refinance over the last two years. I mean, you're drunk with refinances, right? And um, what will be interesting is you know as we level out uh, and it's a bit more balanced, you know what we really want to drive into is margins, how do margins hold up, right? So, you know, we can control margins in a sense. We can't necessarily control inventory. We can't control overall volume, but we can control our margins. And one of the things that has occurred over the last two years is that you are forced to find efficiencies inside of your business, you know, and really, you know, create opportunities there for savings, for efficiencies from a speed perspective. So let's see how that plays out in 2022. You know, we're going to be very practiced mortgage bankers. And for those that were navigating through really challenging times over the, call it the last 18 to 24 months, you learn new skill sets, right? You had to adapt to a, a, a climate that we just all didn't anticipate. Now, as we go into 2022, you know, let's see that on display. You know, what does that do for margins? And then how do we drive value to the consumer sooner, right? And how do we educate more? I think those are all things that we get back to, right? And you know, I think we all have had a list of, hey, when this ends, we're going to get back to talking about these things. So uh, 2022 is going to be that year. Yeah. And, you know, those of us that have been in the industry for a long time, we've been through these cycles before. And, you know, I truly believe what I've seen is with our industry, but more broadly in life, like when you are at your extremes, you know, the, the crush of volume that we saw a couple of Septembers ago where lenders were really struggling to deal with that. And, and then now the cycle that we're going into now where, you know, you've got MBA projecting volume is going to drop off by like a third. Great companies prosper and grow market share. I mean, their total originations yeah. may not grow, but typically good companies are able to grow market share during times of extremes one way or the other. Companies that poorly handled all the volume that came in or companies that have not properly positioned themselves for a different type of climate. And I'm sure just knowing you, that's something you've been talking to your people about. For sure. Better part well, of the last this year. We were talking about it as it was happening, you know, to say, okay, do we, and scaling it, you know, 
adding bodies in a lot of ways, you know, it's kind of the easy answer. Is there, you know, can you utilize technology, leverage it a bit better, you know, moderately retrain the staff that you do have to pick up efficiencies. And we really wanted to focus on that while the pressure was on. Then that helps us at a time where, you know, we didn't have a big, you know, massive swing in expenses. So, you know, you can slip into a year like 2022, you're not necessarily going into it where you think, well, I've got to, you know, cut staff or really, you know, you know, cut into the to the human capital piece of thing of the business, which is a good thing. And in that, you can continue to support. And you know, again, we're in a competitive marketplace. Our industry is highly competitive. We're going to have companies that are going to struggle with that, and sales folks are going to, you know, really gravitate towards those strong lenders that make those really good choices find those efficiencies and then can still support them in that market at a high level. It's just that natural survival of the fittest that, and then, you know, really, really, you could see it in our industry a great deal, but in all industries, right? So I think those that managed it well and looked around during this period of time, you know, I use the word intoxicating, you know, if try to stave off that intoxication a little bit and learn some lessons along the way. I think they could, you know, be applied in 2022 and it's an opportunity to grow and grab a bit more market share. Very well put. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative this week, joined by Go Mortgage President Chad Jampedro. Uh, Chad, all kinds of news releases <clears throat> this past holiday week um, in and around inventory and home values and home sale price values. Um, we'll start with the Case-Shiller Index because it came out just a few hours ago. This being the industry relied upon monthly home value in uh, tracker that uh, tracks home value in a bunch of major cities across America, up 19.1% year over year, October to October. This is in line with these monthly year over year numbers we've seen that uh, have basically shown home values have gone up around 17 to 20% year over year. On average, uh, you look deeper inside the numbers, um, Tampa, Miami, and Phoenix, which uh, we've been calling on this show and others, the, the poster child of potential home value trouble, um, 32% home values up year over year in Phoenix. Um, if you look again closer inside the numbers, the month over month increase <clears throat> was just up, depending on which metric you look at, 0.8 or 0.9%. So it shows a slowing uh, a slowing pace of appreciation, which at this point, honestly, we're hoping for, um, that would seem to be indicative. It feels like now we're rolling at this like 10% year over year appreciation pace, but dwindling. You look at the projections for next year on home price appreciation. You still have some people out there really bullish saying 12, 13, 15, 18%. In some cases, a lot of others more dovish in the five, 6% uh, area. Just your general thoughts on home values and appreciation and how you seeing that play out over the course of the next year here. Well, I'll tell you, you know, you're right. You know, I think we'd like to see that the the heat come off of that just a bit, right? You know, it kind of, as it gets to those somewhat unhealthy levels, if you can say that, you know, it's the best word I have to describe for it. It forces some, you know, some, some borrowers into scenarios, which we've heard about, right? Which is no appraisal, no contingency, things like that, which I, in my mind, you know, I feel like um, those are, those are, you know, dangerous considerations and it's really driven by a hot market, but, you know, that kind of uh, slowing down, I think, is a bit natural. Again, you can't be at the top forever, right? There are going to be some, some peaks and valleys. Balancing out makes sense, but demand still continues, which I think 
you know, all of us can, you know, look to that, you know, the pros that have been in the business for a number of years, you know, seeing that demand, those early stage KPIs of, you know, pre-qualifications, those are still rolling in. When you you take a look at uh, the the home build numbers, right? So, you know, we're seeing those at uh, November numbers were, you know, tremendous numbers, right, for new homes. So the demands is still there, but seeing it slow down a little bit, not a surprise. Rates tick up a little bit, that has an impact. You take it into consideration whether that has an impact, right? Fatigue as far as inventory, you know, how, how many home seekers can't find that perfect home? You know, after a while, it gets to be, well, you know, maybe I'll wait a year or two, you know, and come back into a market that's a, a you know, a little less, uh, a little less hot. So it makes sense to see those numbers start to, you know, start to, to slow down a bit. However, I think we can all have confidence in the fact that the demands that exist and we're seeing that in our businesses day over day and numbers are, are showing that. But um, look, 10 percent, I think we'd all take that. I mean, it's still still you know, a, a, a tremendous number uh, when you compare it to the last couple of years, maybe not so much, but historically still fantastic. Yeah. And as you noted, no sign of any slowing on the demand side. On top of that, you've got the federal government doing things that are boosting the demand side, if it's some of the things they've talked about and certainly will be doing on, you know, the affordable housing and low to moderate income side is going to help the demand side. Uh, some of the other things that have been bandied about that will do nothing but but increase demand. Uh, on the flip side, though, the supply side, you look at the inventory numbers, uh, you know, the, again, this year we talked about the weird cycles. you like, you know, Jan, Feb, it was like busier than people thought. You had this little. Oh, home. sure. And then. And then the madness in the spring, where there was just this home buying frenzy, um, inventories dipped to soup, the lowest levels we've ever seen. Uh, all the reports of you know fifty offers on homes for a stay and hundred thousand over asking and waving this, waving that. And then inventories slowly throughout the spring and summer. I think it was September where we saw inventories at their highest level of two thousand and twenty one. But now, as we get into the tail end of the year, we're back at the April levels. Inventories now uh, nearing those record low levels. And, uh, you know, so that's something. And we had the concerning part about that to me is I distinctly remember and talking about it on this show a couple months ago, all, you know, and to some degree, they're self, they're, they're self fulfilling numbers that, you know, like Redfin's and Realtor.com's and the Zillow's saying in September and October, oh, our surveys indicate we're going to see ridiculous amounts of people list their homes this holiday. But we haven't seen that really. Maybe it'll happen after the new year, but uh, it's kind of weird, the inventory cycle this year. I, I, I personally anticipated a lot more people to list their homes this winter, um, but we really haven't seen it. Well, you know, we can speculate there of some of the uh, reasons why. I think, um, you know, certainly when we look back post, um, you know, mortgage meltdown, right, you know, building new homes. I mean, we had periods of time where we built, you know, basically nothing for a number of years. So we weren't getting those units coming into the market. Then you take historically low rates. So think about the the natural rhythm of, let's say, a downsized buyer, right? So they own a home. And, you know, they're going to sell that home and maybe, you know, downsize into something smaller. Because of, you know, what we've seen over the last couple of years, you may be downsizing in size, but you may be buying smaller at the top of the market. So you're not downsizing payment. So now what that makes sense to maybe stay in that home longer. Now the natural rhythm of that home coming back onto the market has been interrupted. 
So, you know, the way out of that, it's a longer way out than I think we certainly would want to have, you know, with all the demand that we have in place. We've got to build our way out of that. Um, we've got to renovate our way out of that as well. So it's going to take a while for that, you know, the that supply to come in line with demand. And unfortunately, we'll probably see some of that demand fall off. That starts to balance out the market. Now, timing on that, you know, that doesn't happen in one year or two years. It's going to take a period of time for us to get there to get to a, you know, a healthy balance. Um, and there's no short, easy way to add inventory, uh, especially now maybe with rates rising a bit. You know, I, I speculate this a little bit. It's not as attractive to, let's say, landlords, right? I'm going to buy, let's say, at a higher rate, uh, even though rents are, are going up. So maybe you're seeing that element leave the marketplace if rates go just a bit higher. And, and if you take a look at, you know, 20, uh, back in t- 2018, we touched 5% in mortgage rates the, the third quarter. I mean, you know, and w- it didn't really dampen demand at that period of time, but it did a bit on, you know, for uh, those buying for investment. You know, that changes that dynamic a little bit, maybe a little bit of that. But again, we're going to be fighting through this inventory concern for a number of years to come if the demand stays at the level that it is. And it seems like it is staying at that level, even with all the fear, inflationary fear, all of those we still continue to see high demand. Yeah, many great points there. The, the non-owner occupied property factor, you know, it's hard to find stats on that, but you just, you felt it in the industry when Fannie and Freddie tried to put those 6% caps on lenders, which yeah. were historically in line with the number of non-owner occupied yeah. mortgages lenders sell Fannie and Freddie. But I think they failed to anticipate that <laughs> that part of lending was booming and that most lenders sure. were originating at much higher levels. You also mentioned the uh, new construction and the renovation piece. And uh, one of many cool things about Go Mortgage is an independent mortgage banker. That's space you guys play in, not a lot of IMBs yeah. do. Um, so would welcome your perspective there. It, you know, there still are obviously supp- supply side issues. I read a column this morning about just lumber prices in general. Uh, you know, they're down a little bit now from obviously the insane highs of the spring. But just the column was kind of intimating that they should likely still be volatile as we head into the, the new year. How do you look at that side of it? I, you know, it, it feels like just talking to other leaders like yourself, anticipating a lot of renovation lending as mm-hmm. we go into this year. Maybe that homeowner that's got that cherry 30-year fixed rate in the mid to low twos that uh, all of a sudden, you know, you know we're just going to add a room onto our house. And so, right. Uh, <laughs> For sure. It, what do you, I mean, you agree with my, uh, and- I do, I do, you know, renovation is a piece of it. You're taking, let's say, you know, less than marketable properties and making them marketable those. So that's, you know, renovation of units that are not, maybe not currently low, uh, uh, not currently owned, but for sale folks staying in their homes, right. You know, the pandemic brought on the, you know, work from home, really big push. Right. And we were still seeing that. So it's, you know, I want to make this home now fit my new lifestyle. You know, there's a demand there. On the construction side, we still continue to see, you know, tremendous demand. Obviously, that results in supply chain concerns. And in speaking with builders that we work with, they're moderating that, right? So, you know, you you have a global supply chain that's been interrupted. It shifts to a more regional supply chain. That's good, by the way, for the overall economy. You know, I think we would all agree with that. But there still are concerns there. And, you know, they're navigating them. And every day, week, month, it goes by. That gets a little better. You know, there's other solutions that are now put into play. I mean, that's the great thing about, you know, the the construction market is that they're going to adapt just as we've adapted to, you know, the market that we find ourselves in on the mortgage financing side. 
they're adapting to get these homes on because they want to take this is the boom for builders that, that they've been waiting for for a number of years. I mean, if you think about, you know, you know, after the meltdown and building, I mean, it it grind to a halt to be a, a home builder during that period of time was was challenging, you know, and then over the years since then, it's kind of come back. But this is that boom, certainly on that uh, demand side. Now, the transition from I want to buy an existing you know, to the timeline that it may take and what you the hoops that you have to jump through on the construction side, you know, that's not for every buyer, right? Not every buyer is going to make that leap and, and go out. And and our goal really is to bring, you know, what we consider to be mainstream financing on the construction. We really focus on the single close construction so that, you know, for that buyer, low, you know, low to moderate uh, build price, you know, they can defer. So they're not making two payments at the same two housing payments at the same time that rent and, you know, then the interim cost. So that mainstream lending, I think helps there, but again, not for every, every buyer to make the jump from, I want to buy existing into building new. Absolutely. This is the last week of mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative joined this week by Go Mortgage President, Chad Jampedro. Chad, before we get into some outlook and projections for the year ahead of us, uh, just layoffs in general, some news before the holidays, of course, that, you know, the mean guy from better.com made a lot of headlines with the Zoom layoffs and the Freedom Mortgage, some others laying off some people before the holidays. And typically companies don't lay people off in December. So when you see that, it would lead some to believe that, uh, you know, as we get into January, you may see a little bit more of that. We're seeing the numbers in TMC benchmark volumes dropping off, efficiencies dropping off. Big time, and uh, you know, see a lender like Go Mortgage in that sweet spot where you guys are nice sized IMB and have some scale and are able to benefit from the efficiencies of that scale, yet are not one of these massive companies that just has to lop heads and can be a little bit more smart and a little bit more nimble. Uh, how do you look at that? I mean, I think if I was in your shoes, I'd be looking at that strategically as an advantage. Like, hey, some sure. of our bigger competitors are. Uh, about to make some pretty unpopular moves. And uh, what that also does is it reminds people, you know, like bigger is not always better. Think of all the employees, yeah. mortgage lenders to go to better.com in their, you know, uh, IPO uh, fueled haze of growth and hiring this year. There's always another side to that picture, right? Sure. You know, it, listen, you know, in the end results do matter. And, you know, you, the, the finances of your company, you've got to plan for that. You know, no one, no one company does this alone. We've got many partners that, you know, think warehouse banks, right? They, they want to understand your, your plan and your profitability and there's risk there on their side if that's not happening. So we get that. It's unfortunate, the timing of it. Uh, and certainly, you know, my heart goes out to brothers and sisters of the, in the mortgage industry that, that lost their job during this period of time. But that's kind of that boom scenario, right? You know, where it's okay. We want to take advantage of you know what's going on in the marketplace, and I would say you know certainly we share this with many other IMBs out there and other you know mortgage brokers, banks, credit unions. We're a relationship focused company. We relationships with our employees and relationships with our clients, relationships with our referral partners. That is what's most important to us. Now we had to navigate through that, and you want to take advantage. And pick as much low-hanging fruit as you can during boom periods of time. But what we didn't want to do is you know lean into the intoxication of it, right? So again, using that word again, that's the only thing I could think of. Now those companies have to right size, you know, and you feel for those that are affected by it uh, as they you know reorganize their plan. 
What I would say is, again, you know, if you're even if it's consumer direct, I get there's different channels of business. You got consumer direct, and it seems like okay, consumer direct is, you know, I I don't think of it this way, but I've heard it be you know order taking type scenario. There is an opportunity there to make relationships. You know, listen, we're all digital, whether we like it or not. Even if we're really representing one particular area or very hyper local, we're digital in that space. But you can build relationships there. So if the focus of your company is on a relationship with you and you are working and developing relationship with your clients and with your referral partners, you can navigate your way through this. If it is in that you know, kind of uh, assembly line scenario, there's risk there because where are you on that assembly line, right? If you're not owning a relationship and you don't have a relationship with a company that you, know, you can shift and adjust strategies and you feel comfortable doing that, and you have tools available to you to do that, then you may be on really dangerous ground. So, you know, that, those are the questions I'd be asking myself, you know, as a part of a, a company these days to say, you know, do I have a relationship with this company that, you know, makes sense to me and I feel comfortable with? Do I have strategies and tools that I can shift in a marketplace as that marketplace shifts? And am I focused on making relationships with everybody that I come in contact with? If that happens, you navigate through it. If not, you could be on dangerous ground and look, you, we're going to see more cuts coming ahead for sure. Very well said. And uh, as we move into 2022, just, you know, in my discussions with leaders like yourself on a daily basis, some of the things I continue to hear in terms of themes uh, feel like we'll see uh, in 2022. Uh, one is just M&A and just a shuffling of talent in general. Um just, you know, everybody is working remotely now. So many more lenders. If you're a community bank or go mortgage, you can operate in all 50 states or different states much easier. So it's been very hard for people to move this last year and a half just because of the madness and uncertainty related to the pandemic and other things. So there's that. Uh, we talked about a couple others already. Uh, renovation lending and new construction, obviously expect that to start to ramp up a little bit. Automation in general, I think that, you know, like the borrower facing front end, all the point of sales and CRM type stuff that that borrowers see, we've seen a lot of advancement in that space these last three, four years, but that back end automation, right? Um, Things that can help automate the loan manufacturing process, which as human as ever, now a lot of it was volume related, but, um, and, you know, just the proliferation of different products is uh, refi starts to go away if it's not in QM or just uh, construction or different niche type products and being able to have them and be good at them. Things I've heard from our lender member leaders, uh, I guess, sit through that and give me any thoughts you have uh, on those topics or others as we head into the year ahead. Well, I'll tell you, you know, you're going to see expanded product or a you know, a focus on expanded product company by company, right? So, you know, getting into non-QM, I think this could be the year where non-QM breaks out in a, in a way that's really relevant. You know, um, early stages of pandemic, you saw that kind of pull back on the non-QM side. And, it, and, and my thought was, okay, it's going to be gone for good, kind of like subprime, you know, and just kind of, you know, again, just a restate, definitely not subprime lending, but, you know, it's felt like that pattern or stuff, but then it came back, you know, rather quickly, which is good, good sign. And as we go into 2022, I think it could be the year for, you know, the non-QM side, you know, construction and renovating renovation products, I think will be there. 
Uh, I think we'll see an expanded, you know, really focus on, you know, communities that have been, you know, somewhat left out of uh, home ownership. You know, I think that that uh, is an element that we'll start to see in 2022 um, as it relates to technology. We've seen an acceleration, you know, to find those efficiencies, you know, over the last two years, you had to accelerate things that were on your, your to-do list of, from a tech perspective, you know, really became top line items very quickly. And it was, you know, from a necessity standpoint, all elements of your business needed to adopt new tech, which is a good thing. You know, we'll, we'll be able to put that on display in 2022. And I, I think that continues to evolve in ways that maybe we didn't co- completely expect. Where you know it's not just about technology of not having interaction with let's say your client or partner, it's having technology that's efficient that does not trap you in the wilderness, right? It feels more natural, it feels better, um, you know, and you're using communication modes that you know are more natural to the client. Now, you know that's shifting into the market we're in versus you know think about even just. 10 years ago, the thought of, you know, originations online at the level that they are would have been, hey, you know, that's a pie in the sky kind of, you know, wishful thinking, you know, we're there today, right? So, you know, this next year, I think we could put a lot of that on display. It does help from an efficiency standpoint. But and in a lot of ways, I, I think it's, in, you know, to help engage the client to educate more. I think those are where I see really huge advancements on the tech side, you know, the ability to share information quickly but not eliminate that human contact, right? To have human contact, maybe it starts out text messaging and then it evolves into a phone call where, you know, a few years ago, it was phone call pretty much, you know, pretty much all the time. So we're seeing that that shift and the way that we communicate shift. Those are all good things in my mind and really are, are you know, positives for the industry overall. Yeah, greatly appreciate your insight on the industry. Really appreciate you taking half an hour out to share it sure. with us. And, Thanks uh, for having me. All the best to you and yours. You and the new year and uh, Absolutely. A great year for Go Mortgage in 2022. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Rich. Happy holidays to you and to everyone on the call. Uh, and good luck to you going into 2022. You know, I, I wish the best for everybody viewing. And to all our viewers and listeners and podcast listeners, uh, be back next Tuesday, uh, 2022. We'll be back every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern for the last week in Mortgage Today. We're working really hard to continue to make this uh, 30 30 very relevant uh, minutes of your time each week and uh, greatly appreciate your uh, your, uh, uh, participation as well. So uh, happy new year to everybody and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday on the other end of the calendar. So take care and have a happy new year all. Thank you. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.